Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. In 2020, we have started a series this month, and uh, we have started a series on growth. And we have, last week, we saw from a scripture, Colossians in chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. We were looking at a scripture, Colossians 2, verse 18 and 19. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast the head from whom the entire body being supplied and grows with a growth which is from the Lord. Not holding fast the head from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from the Lord. This, the, this month we are looking at growth. We are looking at this word growth. And I really feel the Lord wants everybody in this body to constantly be growing. Because what is not growing is dying. And that's why when the Bible says, not only does God want us to grow, He wants us to grow with a growth which is from God. Because every growth that happens is not a growth from God. Cancer is a growth which is not from God. It is not, it is not the plan of God for people to be sick and dying of cancer. It, it, every growth, what is cancer? It is just a, 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 an increase where, where growth begins, the cells begin to multiply faster than it should, that the body cannot handle what is going on over there. To have a growth which is from the Lord. And today, the, today I want to talk about, to, about a growth which is, which is from God will be blessed at the end of your life. We have titled today's message, that Lot didn't have a lot. And when you look in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 21, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 21 says, An inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. This is my key words for today. An inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Now, this has been a very, very interesting verse. Every time I've read the scripture, I've thought about it. Now, what really uh, do we need to understand? God wants every one of us to have an inheritance from God. Can I hear an amen? God wants everybody to have an inheritance, walk in the inheritance, live in the inheritance. Acts 20 and verse 32 says, And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up, and give you an inheritance. Everyone say inheritance. That God and His Word is able to give you an inheritance among the saints. There is something about God's Word that is connected to our inheritance. Many people think, they, they begin to think in their heart, well, uh, the moment you accept Jesus, hallelujah, in heaven I have a set-apart inheritance. Now let's look, for, look through that in Scripture. What does the Bible really talk about this inheritance? It says, it says, and now I commend you to God. Paul is writing in Acts 20. He's talking to the church leaders. 
And he, in Acts 20, just before, even as he's, he's going to be arrested, uh, he, you know, in Jerusalem, he's writing to them, he's saying, I commend you to the Ephesian church. He's saying, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you and to give you the inheritance among all those are, that are being sanctified. So God really wants us to have an inheritance. He wants everybody in the body of Christ to have an inheritance. What is an inheritance? An inheritance is a blessing or a wealth or property or prosperity or, or an authority or any other thing that we receive from our fathers. That is an inheritance which is given over to us. That we begin to enjoy because of the blessing of the fathers. That is an inheritance. The Bible says a house and wealth are an inheritance from our parents. But a prudent wife comes from the Lord. So there are some things that come from our parents. And there are other things that come from the Lord. Are you listening to me? There are some things that come from our parents and other things that come from the Lord. Many times what people do is that people who are not as privileged as some others who are born into a more financially secure home, you can look at them and feel in your heart, why is it that God blessed them and didn't bless me? Why is it they have a better inheritance than I don't? Why is it that we have to work so hard from our childhood and they have a, they're born with a silver spoon in their mouth? We look at people and we feel in our heart, oftentimes we feel it's not just, it's not right that God bless them and that God, I want you to know the Bible calls that a blessing of your parents. House and wealth are an inheritance from your parents or from your fathers. But a prudent wife comes from the Lord. And I want you to know today, those that are blessed financially and born in a financially well-off home, listen to me, do not have a greater inheritance than others who are not so privileged in this life. Because if, heaven's fa if earth's fathers have given you an inheritance, it will perish here on earth. But if heaven's father gives you an inheritance, that inheritance will be there for eternity. Hallelujah. Amen. Some people, you know, when they, when they get into a marriage relationship, they're looking at what is the blessing? Is there a beautiful guy or a girl or a guy? Uh, then what is his salary? Uh, does he have a good sound background? All of that. I want you to know, a prudent wife comes from the Lord. Amen. And that's what it takes. So what is an inheritance? It's a blessing that God wants us to have. God wants us to not just receive it. But the Bible goes on to say, now this might shock you. That we are going to receive an inheritance as a reward from God. Oh. Mm. Now for this you have to look into the scripture to understand this inheritance. Every inheritance, listen to me carefully, every inheritance is our right after the death of our fathers. But until the death of our fathers, they have a right to decide whether it should be our inheritance or not. Can I hear an amen? Some people get so upset. I've heard pastors and leaders, they get upset. Over the years, I've heard them say, when I came to serve Jesus, my father, he get kicked me out of the house and he said, we will not give you one rupee from the inheritance. And, and, and I've seen people cry and feel sad. Them saying, they, my father gave everything to my brothers and left nothing with me. And I'm thinking in my heart, what are you crying about? Or they're saying, no, it's unjust. It's not unjust because as long as they live, 
they have a right to decide what they want to do with their wealth. Come on, that was a great place to say amen. Come on now. Come on now. Amen. That was a great place. Why? Because if your eyes are set on that wealth, then you will have only faith to live with that. But if your eyes are set on God, you will have faith to do the things of God. Amen. You see, the Bible talks about inheritance. Everybody say inheritance. Look at your neighbor and say, Lot didn't have Lot. Come on. Lot didn't have a lot. And I'm going to show you that from the scriptures. Abraham, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, it says, by faith Abraham, when he was called, by faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Here is God saying, Abraham, what? Where do you come from? Ur. Where is that? That's among the Chaldean Empire. Okay, that's wonderful. So I want you to come out of this place. Why, Lord? My father lived here. My grandfather lived here. We have a successful business here. We got a home. We got a house here. And he says, I want you to come out of there because I want to give you an inheritance away from the inheritance you're familiar from with. Mm. Come on now. Don't go quiet on me now. I want to give you, he said, come out of your land because your inheritance is in another place. Take your eyes of what is on uh, here in the Ur of the Chaldeans. And, and the Lord, and he tells him, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, God called him and, and he obeyed, which means he was saying, the Lord was telling him, Abraham, I got an inheritance for you there in that location, in that land. But if you want that inheritance, you got to Come out of what you're familiar with to get into what you're not very familiar with. Your inheritance is not in the familiar. Your inheritance, the Bible says, when he was called, what did he do? Come on. He did, he did what? He did what? When he was called, he obeyed. That's the key to your inheritance. The key to your inheritance is not legal airship certificate. The key to your inheritance is that when the father says something, sons obey. When heaven's father asks something from us, we obey. That is a sign to the inheritance. That's the key to the inheritance. Now some of you may say, well the prodigal son got his inheritance. Well then, go ahead and be a prodigal son. If that's what you want to be. Somebody said, came and asked, you know, do we need to be water baptized? So someone said, uh, well you've got to. So someone else, I told the pastor, but the thief on the cross didn't get baptized. So the pastor said, then go ahead and be the thief on the cross. <laughs> if that's what you want to be. We are not called to be the thieves on the cross. We're called to be the sons of the kingdom. We're called to be the sons of God. So the Bible says in this whole storyline in Genesis, you know the story of Abraham, Genesis 12 to 19. The, the, the Bible says that God called Abraham in Genesis 12 and, and God blesses him. And he says, what did God tell Abraham? How, how's the introduction? Genesis 12. What does it say? What does it start with? Genesis 12, 1. And the Lord said to Abraham, what? Go forth from your country. The first thing he says, come out. Come out from your country. I know this is your country. I know this is where you're comfortable. I know this is where you're happy. I know this is where you're blessed. I know all of that. But come out. Come out from this and from your relatives and from your father's household to the land which I will show you. Because that's going to be your inheritance. 
Many of us are living in such a way. You know, we, they said like this, we, we sing in such a way that Jesus is coming back and we live as though he isn't. Oh, that was a nice one. We, we sing in such a way that Jesus is coming back and we live as though he isn't. He says, come, I will take you to, to the land which I will show you and I will bless you. And verse 4 says, verse 4 says, and Lot went with him. Say that after me. And Lot went with him. Some people are Abrahams. They go because they obey the voice of the Lord. And others are Lot. They go because Abraham's going. Some of us will, you know, we will walk with God as long as Abraham is walking with God. Some of us will walk with God as long as the environment is good, the pastor is good. And we'll walk with God as long as, as the preacher is obeying God or our father is obeying God. The Bible says, uh, you know, one of the kings of Israel, uh, he, he obeyed the Lord all the days of the priest Jehoiada. Which means the moment Jehoiada died, Jehoash, right? Uh, one of the kings. He, he, he decides to not walk with God anymore. Which means... The fact that the priest was walking with God, that's why he was walking with God. And many of us are like that in our life. The Bible says, and Lot went with him. And so Abraham goes through a backsliding. He and Sarah, they land up in Egypt. And in the midst of their problems in Egypt, God has mercy, pulls him out. And you look in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 1. The Bible says, and now Abraham comes up out of the land of Egypt to the Negev. He and his wife and all that belonged to him and Lot went with him. Say that after me. And Lot went with him. We have to decide whether we want to be a Lot or we want to be an Abraham. Both came from a, from a lineage that could have been blessed of the Lord. So Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was around 75 years old at this time. Here we have a, a, a man who's growing old at 75. And, and God blessed him. And the Bible says they come out of Egypt. And verse 4 of chapter 13 it says. And the first thing Abram does is that Abram builds an altar to God. Everything around Abraham's, Abraham's life was built around a relationship with God. He had losses. He had, you know, he had to let go of everything. He had to walk away. But there was a relationship with God. And Lot went with him. Abram's building an altar and Lot went with him. Abram went to Egypt and Lot went with him. Abram comes out of Egypt and Lot goes with him. So Lot is going with Abraham. And Lot is not making a conscious choice of, is this the will of God? What does God want from me? In chapter 13, you see that Abraham's shepherds and sheep and flock all begin to increase. And we see that Lot's sheep and flock and everything begins to increase. And a time comes when Lot's shepherds begin to have a strife with Abraham's shepherds. You see, when we begin our Christian life, earlier on in our Christian life, you know, we... Anyone that blessed us or spoke to us or prayed for us, oh, we were so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Oh, they're so wonderful people. But as, things, as years go by and, and we begin to get blessed, or maybe when you were young, when you were in your 10th or 12th, or maybe you were an orphan or your family didn't have money, some uncle blessed you, somebody paid your fees, somebody prayed for you, somebody stood by you. You were so grateful until now you, got, you, begin to, you, be, you started a business and you begin to prosper more than them. And, and you got a degree that is, that is more than the one who paid your fees for. And after some time you become so prosperous that you tend to forget from where the Lord brought you. 
Many times in our life, we forget who brought us thus far. We forget from where the Lord brought us. We forget who was there in our lives. Was. And, and, and the Bible says that even though Abraham constantly walked with God, Lord's shepherds began to have a fight. If there was somebody who could stop that fight, it was Lord's shepherds. Abraham's shepherds were not really causing that fight. Why? Because you see Abraham comes in between and he tells, he says, Hello, nephew, looks like your boys and our boys are having trouble. I want you to do something. He looks at Lot and says, Lot, the whole land is in front of you. What does he say? How much of the land? The whole land. He says, take whatever you want. And he says, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the north, I'll go to the south. He says, just pick what you want. He says, but I cannot live with a strife. See, Abraham was a man of covenant. And as a man of covenant, he was passionate in his heart and he knew in his heart that he can't live with strife. He was a man because he knew in his heart that he had called on God. His relationship was not based on who is blessing him or how much he is getting blessed. His relationship was based on a God who began the journey with him. That the God who brought him out of Canaan with nothing and can bless him, that same God can bless him at the end of his life. But the strife began to get a little messy. God, and Abraham tells him, please, he says, please, please, Lord. He says, please, can't, let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me to the left. I'll go to the right. The right, I'll go to the left. And the Bible says, and Lord lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his eyes and he looked around and he saw the valley of Jordan, that it was a well-watered valley everywhere. You see, The people of convenience who are walking with God because I want to get blessed, everywhere they look, they look for blessing. Abraham walks out of Egypt and he built an altar. When Lot lifted up his eyes, all he could see, he looked all around. Because Uncle Abraham said, look all around and take what you want. You know, she said, this is my opportunity. You see, these kind of people who are convenience hearted people, they're looking for opportunity. Knock, knock, don't miss an opportunity, they say. You got to grab the opportunity. You don't have to grab the opportunity. I'll tell you what God says. Look at the difference. God tells, you know, Abraham tells Lot, Lot, I want you to just, I want you to take what you want. And he lifted up his eyes, Lot looked around, and he saw the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says, in Genesis 13 and verse 10, the Bible says, that land looked like the land of Egypt. And now suddenly Lot was saying, wow, that is so beautiful. This is my opportunity. So he tells all the shepherds, come on boys, we're all going down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Looks like it's a lovely land. And not just that. When they moved to the land of you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot chose for himself. Everybody say, chose for himself. Say that again, chose for himself. You see, some things we choose for ourselves, other things God chooses for us. Lot chose for himself the land of Sodom and Gomorrah and they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. So now when we look at this, we see that Abram is, Abram doesn't seem to be prospering like Lot is. Why? Lot moved into a city. He just bought a high rise and he's bought this, what do you call it? The, the penthouse. 
on top of that high rise and he can see the entire beautiful scenic area all around Sodom and Gomorrah that looks like, you know, that looks like Egypt. And Abraham is living in a little tent and a few camels and a few sheep and, uh, and some shepherds and they're smelling of sheep and shepherds. While, while Lot just bought his new luxury car. I mean, he's, he's driving around. People are taking notice of this man because the Bible says he was wealthy. They, they had become very prosperous. He had a lot of stuff to do. The Bible says, now when men of Sodom, this is the part that, this is the part that Lot didn't bargain for. He didn't know it comes as a package. Look at this verse. Come on, read this together. Now the men of Sodom were what? Wicked and exceedingly. Some things we go after, the Bible says we will not have grace to handle. The men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly and sinners against the Lord. And this is where Lord believed he saw something that looked like the Garden of Eden. Like the land of Egypt. Oh, it looks so beautiful. And he thought, he thought we, I got to go there and this is so well watered. And the Bible calls, you know what the Bible calls us in Genesis 13 verse, uh, verse 10? Not only does it look like the land of Egypt, the Bible says it also looks like the garden of the Lord. Wow. You know, when you look, lift your eyes looking for greenery, any opportunity looks like a God opportunity. It looks green. Wow. Must be Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he picked it up and he goes there, except that this place was full of wickedness and people that were wicked. Verse 14, and now the Lord said to Abraham, what did he say? After Lot had departed from him. Some things happen in your life only after you let the Lord's go. You can't hold on to your Lord and say, God bless this also, bless that also. You've got to let that Lord go from your life. Because that lot staying on in your life becomes a problem. Why? Because as long as that lot is there, it's going to be strife after strife after strife. Sometimes we, you know, one day some people came to Jesus. One guy came to Jesus and said, can you be, can you please tell my brother to give me my inheritance? Jesus looked at him and said, who made me judge over here? Now they said, can you bless, can you please see to it? I get my land, my property. And Jesus was not interested in talking about that inheritance. He talked about another. The Bible goes on to say, when the strife began to increase, verse 14, and the Lord said to Abram, he said, after the Lord had separated from him, Abram, now lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west. I want you to look on every side for the land which you see. Now, don't miss this one. Which you see. What did he say? What did he say? He said, I will give it to you. Here's one person grabbing after a land. I want this position. I want this ministry. I want this job. I want this promotion. I want, and here's another man in the wilderness, a few camels and a few shepherds and uh, smell like goat and hanging around hearing voices from God. And when you look like, like that in front, when people look at you, they say, oh, he's looking for some land God is going to give him. North, south, east and west. You know? And they begin, people can make fun of you. But Abram knew that God, God said, I will give it to you and your descendants. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. That if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants will also be numbered. Arise, walk about the land through the length and breadth, for I will give it 
to you. This is the thing. At this point, something begins to change. Abraham asked for peace. Lot, you know, the Bible says that Lot had an evil eye. What do you mean Lot had an evil eye? Proverbs chapter 28 verse 22 says like this. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know what will come upon him. This is exactly what Lord did. A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth is not bad. An evil eye is the problem. An evil heart is the problem. The love of wealth is the problem. God didn't have no problem with wealth because he made everything. In fact, the Bible says, for it is he who gives you the power to make wealth. If God gives you the power to make wealth, what is the problem? The wealth don't have no problem. A heart's got a problem. Because money is not the issue. The love of money is the root of all evil. So, what is, so if God has created every wealth, and if it is God that gives us the power to make, generate, and multiply wealth, then what is the problem? The problem is the love for money. And the problem is falling in love with something God created to use for His glory. Can I hear an amen to that? Which means if we don't attach purpose to wealth, wealth will become a mammon, will become a god in our life. And then like Lord, we look around, oh, that's nice, oh, that's good, oh. And we'll be led by our eyes rather than being led by the Spirit of God. So the Bible says that when this, when Lord begins to come there, he did not recognize that Sodom, the Bible says, was exceedingly wicked. And sinners against the Lord. This situation happened. And, and God begins to give Abraham a promise. He gives Abraham a promise. The, the first promise he gave we saw was Genesis and chapter 12. You see Lot went after the land. After Lot goes after the land. God comes to Abraham and says now we need to have a conversation. I'm glad that Lot's moved on. Because you know that's been a, that's been a thorn in your side for a while now. And you're having strife. You're trying to solve it. And after that's God, he says, we're going to have a conversation. And the Bible talks about four blessings upon Abraham. The first one that came was in Genesis and chapter 12. You saw that. Come out of your country. What was the first blessing that God put on Abraham? Genesis 12, 1 to 4. The first blessing, uh, he said, I will make your name great. He said, I, you shall become a blessing. What was the first blessing on Abraham? It was a promise of greatness. Everyone say greatness. So the first blessing upon Abraham was a promise of greatness. The second blessing that we see upon Abraham was a promise of descendants. We see that Genesis 12 finished, Genesis 13. When Lot goes away, God comes to Abraham and says, I want to give you another promise. What is the other promise? He says, you look at all this thing around, this land I'm going to give you. And he says, and I am going to make your descendants. For the first time, he begins to, he begins to declare generations upon Abraham. Now, we don't know how old Abraham was in Genesis 13. We know in Genesis 12, he was 75 years old. In Genesis 13, we don't know how old he is. But he begins to get a promise. Promise of what? Of land and promise of descendants. I will give it to you and they will be so numerous. And years go by after the second promise. The Lord brings him, you know, the journey is going on. At this time, Four kings begin to go after five kings. Four nations go after five nations in Genesis 14. 
And you know the story that how those four kings, they come and attack Sodom and Gomorrah. They take Lot and take his wealth and take his luxury car and they take his yacht and they take, they take everything and they're all going away. And Lot and his family and his wife and kids, they're all in chains and they're going away. The moment the covenant man Abraham hears this, he takes his shepherds with whom Lot's shepherds had a problem. He takes these men and the Bible says, and he leads trained people. Relatives, 318 of these fighting men of his, sons born in his house. He takes 318 of them and he tells them, come on boys, let's go. So they say, where are we going? We say, lots in trouble. So you're just imagining his boy says, who's in trouble? They say, lots in trouble. And his shepherds. We're going to go get them. You see, he took 318 people with whom Lot and his people had a problem. And he went to rescue them because covenant men are constantly thinking about what God wants. Convenience people are constantly looking at what looks like Sodom and Gomorrah, looks like Egypt, looks like Garden of the Lord. What's my next blessing? What's my next? People that fear the Lord, they understand that God told them, I will bless you. They go, they fight, they bring out this. Lot takes his limousine and God, Lot takes his nice little gold well, his wife and kids and all of that and he drives all the way back to Sodom and Gomorrah. The king of Sodom is probably more grateful than Lot. Why? King of Sodom stands back and he says, excuse me, sir. And Abraham's like, yeah. He says, I got to, you know, what did this cost you? Can I take care of it? Can I pay for your services? Abraham looks at him and says, Shh, I got a meeting with Melchizedek. You wait. You know, sometimes when we do things for God, the king of Sodom wants to bless us. And we get distracted with a blessing. We're like, oh, okay, did you say money? Oh, thank you. Job, offer, new business. Abraham looks at him and says, You wait there because I got an appointment with Melchizedek. And the Bible says Melchizedek comes and Abraham had an encounter with God who was a reflection of Jesus to come. And they bring out the bread and the wine. uh, If you may, a sort of communion that happens that Abraham begins to get a vision of what the Son of God was going to do in the coming days. You can miss your encounter. You can miss your revelation. Why? Because some king of Sodom wants to bless you financially. Don't sell who you are. For becoming what you want to be. Abraham focused on the encounter that God was keeping for him. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes on that. Abraham has that Melchizedek. The Bible says he, he comes out in Sodom. After this encounter, Melchizedek, he, he's coming back and he says, Ah, oh, you're the king of Sodom. Ah, oh, nice meeting. What's up, yo? And so Sodom's telling, you know, I got, I got some wealth for you. Abraham says, wealth? He says, I just, you know, he says, I just finished giving away something. To Melchizedek. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that Abraham brought out a tenth of what? Of everything or what? He brought out a tenth of all his possessions. You know what that means? For meeting Melchizedek, Melchizedek, he didn't wait for Sodom's little pittance. Neither did he wait for his nephew Lot to be grateful. He goes back to his home He takes one-tenth of everything he owns and he comes ready for the encounter. He says, because any moment I have an encounter with Melchizedek, I want to give one-tenth of everything I have away. He was ready for this. It wasn't a happening. It was a planned encounter with God. 
And the moment he gives a tenth away, and I don't know how much that is because the Bible says Abraham was wealthy. He came out of Egypt with a lot of wealth. Amen. You know, anytime Israel or Abraham, anybody goes to Egypt and comes back, they come back with wealth. That's just how God has designed it. And so Abraham comes with a lot of wealth and he gives a tenth of everything away. And then Sodom comes and says, uh, you know what? I just wanted to give you a small offering if it's okay with you. Abraham looks at him and says, I have lifted my eyes before God, El Elyon. You know what he tells him? He, he looks at Sodom and says, he says, I've lifted my eyes before God, El Elyon, the possessor of heaven and earth. I've lifted my eyes, my hands before the creator of everything you possess. That I don't need to lift my hands before you. That I'm going to lift my hands before God, the creator of everything. Lot had loss and all of that. But Lot had a loss and a restoration. Some people say, God's so good to me. I lost all of that. God gave all that to me. Lot had a loss and a restoration. Abraham had an encounter with Melchizedek. Some people are excited about their Christian life. I lost everything. God gave everything back. Oh, that's just the beginning of what God is doing. Abraham was excited about an encounter with God. Hallelujah. The third time after Lot goes back, all of that, God, straight after Lot goes back, straight after God goes back, end of Genesis 14, Genesis 15 and verse 1, God comes to Abraham and tells him, Hey, Abraham, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. And he tells Abraham, do not fear. I am a shield to you. And your reward will be very great. He just told Sodom, thank you very much. It's nice knowing you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Go back home. And he turns away and he walks to God. And he and God's having a conversation. And God's telling, hey, Amy. Yeah, Lord. That was pretty neat, huh? You sent the king away. You told the king you don't need anything. Oh yeah, that's right. I told him. In fact, I told him I lifted my hand before God. God says, that's right. I am your shield. And I am, he says, I'm not going to give you a reward. I myself will be your reward. Just, just the fact that you have God with you. Just the fact that you are the son of God, that itself is a great reward. A lot of people, they're going after reward thinking that, that what God blesses me is my reward. No, God himself is your reward. He is your shield, your exceedingly great reward. After that, about a few years later, by this time, maybe Abraham was around, was around 86 years old. And this was a time probably somewhere around Ishmael's time when Ishmael, the whole Ishmael story happens. Exodus 15, Genesis 15, the Bible says, uh, after he tells, I'm your shield and your exceedingly great reward and all that. This is the third promise that comes his way. And then, uh, you know, Ishmael's story happens and all of that. In Genesis and, and, and chapter 16, verse 16 says, Abraham was 86 years old. This is around, when he's around 86, God comes to him and God gives him a promise. Promise of what? Again, he says, I will give you land and I will give you descendants. I will give you land and I will give you descendants. By now, Lot is running a beautiful, maybe, I don't know, real estate agency back in, in Sodom. I mean, things are going really good. He's just built a, a huge, massive twin tower and, and he's got all these, you know, you know, cars lined up and all of that. And he's, he's doing pretty neat. You know, he's doing really, really good. At this time, Camelback, Abraham... All he has is a promise. What does he have? 
He says, it's a promise from God. What? I will do two things for you. Land and descendants. I will give both these things to you. And God, and, and, and God looks at him and he says, I'm going to bless you. Straight after encountering with Lord. And then it comes to, and it comes to a place where, where, where in chapter 17, a fourth promise is given to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 through 21, now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, Abram, I'm God Almighty. Walk before me and you'll be blameless. And I will establish a covenant. He brings on this new concept of covenant with Abraham. That I am going to establish a, a covenant with you. And he says, and look at this, this is powerful. And he says, and I will multiply you, bless, greatly. Come on, read with me. And I will establish a covenant. Who will? God will. And I will multiply you. Oh, the Lord had to go after it and Lord had to get it. And God's saying, Abraham, chill, stand back. Stand back and see the glory of God. The music's just beginning, Abraham. Amen. He said, look at the next verse. He says, I will multiply you exceedingly. And go ahead. Next verse, please. And come on. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked to him saying, what? Come on. As for me, behold my covenant. You know what that means? My covenant is not with Lord. My covenant is not with people that are running after the blessing. My covenant is people who are running after God himself as their reward. Just to know God is my reward. Just to love God. I mean, just to walk with him is my reward. You don't see the Bible say, and Lot spoke to God. The Bible says, and Abraham spoke with God. Come on, read with me. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I will make you the father who will make i will make you the father of a multitude of nations go on and, and verse seven come on ah what is here read it i will establish my covenant between me and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be god to you and to be to your descendants after you I will give you and your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan of an everlasting possession. And what? I will be your God. Look what God is saying. I will bless you. I will multiply. This is what God does. God tells Abraham, do three things, three things and three things in all I'm asking. And the rest I will take care of, says the Lord. What are the three things? Number one, what did he say? Be blameless. Number two, what did he say? Walk before me. Walk before me. Be blameless. And the third thing he says is keep my covenant. In verse 1 of Genesis 17, walk before me, be blameless. And in verse 9 of chapter 7, he says, you keep my covenant. Your sons to be circumcised that they will be a special people. If you walk before me, be blameless and you keep my covenant. God says in verse 4, I will make you a father. 
in verse 5 he says i will give you a new name you will be called abraham no longer abram you'll be abraham father of many nations then he says in verse 2 i will multiply you in verse 6 i will make you fruitful in in verse 8 i will make you a nation i will give you the land of canaan verse 4 you'll be a father of multitude of nations verse 6 i will make you royalty because kings will come out of you verse 7 i will become god to your children oh my goodness I can't imagine if a generation after us would walk away from God. One of the blessings of covenant is that your children will walk after the God that you walked after. There is no greater joy or blessing than to have your generations walk with God, to rise up and call Him blessed. There is no greater joy to see them honor God and walk in His ways. And God tells Abraham, Ahaha, don't stop with you because I got something I want to say about Sarah. It says about Sarah, she will become a blessing. Her name will not be Sarai anymore. She will be called Sarah. She will be a mother to many nations and she will be royalty too. Her children will become kings. And Abraham's going to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. He says, no, 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 stop. I'm not yet over there. I want, he says, in verse 19, he says, let me tell you about Isaac, your next generation, because my covenant is not only with you. My covenant is with your generations. I got something to say to you about Isaac. He says, Isaac, his name shall be Isaac. My covenant will be with him generationally. And his promised descendants, they will see the covenant. And then Abraham saying, oh, hallelujah, praise. He says, no, I'm not done yet. I got something more to tell you. What is that? And Abraham's wondering, what else? He says, you remember that little kid you threw out? Yeah, what was his name? Ishmael. He said, I will bless him also. I will bless not only I will bless not only the things that, that I'm going to bless, I'm going to bless even your worst mistakes. Mm. I'm going to bless Ishmael. And what am I going to do for him? I'm going to make him a blessing. Oh, wait a minute. How can your worst mistake become a blessing? God is saying, I will pick your Ishmael up. I will make that into a blessing. I will bless him. Not only will I bless him, I will multiply him. If any of you got a doubt as to who is multiplying the Ishmaelites, I want you to know it's our daddy in heaven. Amen. God multiplied the Israelites when Pharaoh wanted to stop. God multiplied the Ishmaelites because God has got a covenant with Abraham. No work of the enemy shall stop the Israelites or the Ishmaelites because God of heaven has decided to bless them. The Bible says, I will bless them, I will multiply them, I will make them fruitful. Uh, they will have descendants. And the covenant goes on to descendants. And then it says, and they will be royalty. Why? Twelve of their sons will be all princes. They will be, they will be royalty. Not just that. They will be a great nation. God said, I will bless Ishmaelites. The problem is not inheritance. problem is to catch the heart of inheritance. You got to catch the heart of inheritance because the promise of a covenant is the heart of God. Walking with God sets you up for an inheritance. The Bible says, you know, and, and Lot didn't walk with God. Lot finally, you know, he built up his, you know, his industry again and his everything, everything's going really smooth. And, and suddenly by now, last time it was four kingdoms that attacked Lot. This time God decided I'm taking care of that one personally. And God says, God tells, you know, talking, he says, can we do anything without telling Abraham? This is the second intervention. Abraham's first intervention was when Lot was captured and God. Second time, God's going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham's standing there and he says, what, did, did I hear you correct? You're going to what? 
He said, I'm going to wipe them out. He says, wait, what about my, what about my nephew, Lord? You know, just don't get angry if there's 50 people. God says, well, okay. How about 45? And God says, sure. So Abraham knew that that number is not, not a good number. How about 40? And how about 30? And how about 20? And how about 10? How about 10? And by the time God said, whatever. <laughs> by 10, Abraham knew this is not going anywhere. And the Bible says, God sends the angels to, he says, he remembered Abraham and sent the angels after Lot. Amen. Some of you, God is going to remember you and he's going to show mercy to some of the lots that have come out of your life. He's going to remember the way you have gone after God. He's going to remember the way you have prayed. He's going to remember the way you have forgiven. He's going to remember the way you have given and they have not been grateful. He's going to remember the way you have blessed them and they have taken more from you. And you bless them and they have taken more from you. He's going to remember that. He's not a God who forgets. He's going to write down on an account. Come on. Hallelujah. Say, you, I have an inheritance. God wants you to go after your inheritance because those people with an evil eye, all they care about is the blessing. What you care about is the promise that God gave you. God said, I will bless your inheritance. I will bless your children. I'm God. And he says, how can I do anything without telling Abraham? And when God, you know what happens to Abraham and Lord? Listen to this. Abraham buried his wife, gave her a royal burial. Lot left his wife to be a pillar of salt. Abraham got a covenant and a blessing. Lot got just a blessing, Genesis 24. Just, he just got a blessing. Abraham was known as the friend of God. Lot became an alien to God outside the covenant. Abraham lived in a tent. Lot lived in a city only for the city to be burnt down. The Bible says, Abraham today is part of the new Jerusalem. That city ain't burned down. But everything we are holding on like Lot on this earth, the Bible says the elements will melt. Fire will destroy everything. It's going to be burned down. Lot had nothing left. Abraham had a son, even though it was at the age of 100. Lot lost his son-in-laws in the fire in Sodom. He had two daughters. And the Bible says he slept with his daughters and he had grandchildren who became his children. One was called Ammon, the other one was called Moab. And Ammon and Moab became enemies of the covenant for the rest of their years. Because of Lot. He, you see, Abraham was called a prince of God, Genesis 23, 6. The Hittites looked at this and said, you're a prince of God among us. And, and Lot was looked at and they said, who made you judge among us? You came in the other day into Sodom and now you guys are acting too smart. Abraham listened to the voice of God. Lot was an opportunist. Abraham lived like an alien here on earth, looking forward to a better, better promise. Lot looked, lived like a citizen in Sodom and Gomorrah, that he went up to become a man of influence, lived to obey that. Abraham lived by faith. Lot lived by sight. Abraham left a heritage. Lot left nothing behind. Abraham interceded before God. Abraham, a lot talked to men of Sodom and they wouldn't listen to him. Abraham backslid but came right back to God. Lot backslid and went right back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham never hesitated to obey God's voice. Lot hesitated to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham died satisfied with life. Lot finally died dissatisfied and had generations of immorality that came upon him. And all the days of Moab and Ammon, they have been enemies of the covenant of Israel. 
you and I have to decide I want you to know Lot had no inheritance Lot had nothing left when we run after these things but I want you to know the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 24 Colossians 3 24 knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance I want you to know God has an inheritance if your earthly fathers have an inheritance for you here how much more does your real father in heaven have an inheritance for you so don't compare with what people say here because everything they say here on earth is going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah so don't worry about your inheritance worry about your eternal inheritance what are you going to do with the rest of your eternity how you're going to live here on earth is going to affect the rest of your eternity he says knowing that from the Lord you will what receive a a what a what it doesn't say a gift salvation is a gift your inheritance is a reward for living as a son and daughter of God no hallelujah now praise the Lord oh come on your inheritance is a reward from God it is the Lord Christ whom you serve and that's going to be an inheritance that you get closing first Peter chapter 1 verse 4 the Bible says first Peter 1 4 says to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you the Bible says this is our true inheritance amen this is our true inheritance this is the the glorious inheritance come on look at somebody and say I got an inheritance amen and your inheritance is for living uh, obeying Christ as your king that's your inheritance salvation is for receiving him as Savior inheritance is for serving him as king some people think well that's not fair if we believe in Jesus we should get an inheritance I want you to know everything is fair with the king amen everything is fair with the king it says it's your reward of your inheritance and I want you today to to let go of some of the things that have maybe there are people here in this place every eye close to the presence of God there are people here in the place that are disappointed that, that the promise that Abraham got at 75 at 86 it wasn't fulfilled at 99 it wasn't fulfilled but God said I will I will I will multiply this today I just feel the Holy Spirit saying that over you why are you crying over what is Sodom and Gomorrah why are you crying over what people call the prosperity of this world why are you crying over this God is saying God is say, saying to you today I am your shield I am your exceedingly great reward I will multiply you I will prosper you I will bless you I will increase you I will make your descendants increase as the sand of the sea I believe the Holy Spirit saying it is I that you really need walk after me and be blameless and obey the covenant and I will do all this for you hallelujah thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit Father we want to submit our heart in your hand and everything that all that I am and all that I have and all that you've blessed us with 
it belongs to you father and father just like abraham had the new jerusalem just like abraham is today the father of faith we want to live in that faith of abraham and we want to pursue that faith of abraham hallelujah thank you jesus holy spirit treasure of my heart and of my soul in the name of Jesus you are our treasure you are our inheritance you are our reward you are the glory and the lifter of our head you will be our shield and our exceedingly great reward no man can take away anything from us anything anyone takes away from us is only what they can take away which will be like Sodom and Gomorrah everything will be burnt in the fire but that which you give to us the oh Lord no no robber can get in and steal no rust or moth can take away it shall be uncorruptible it shall be undefiled it shall be eternal it shall last forever and until then oh God we are going to spend our days oh God for a reward that is eternal an inheritance that nobody can snatch away from us father we submit our lives into your hands we worship you and we vow to give you the glory in jesus mighty name and everybody said aloud amen thank you for listening to this sermon for more sermons please do visit us at wicc.in